Welcome, most excellent podcast listeners. Welcome to the Party On Johncast. Party on, Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. So uh, it is good to be joining uh, you today, Sal. This will be our second episode, our second epic episode. Uh, I, I like tongue twisters, by the way. So, um, so I'm going to uh, just say that we are totally stoked uh, for this bodacious uh, most episode, righteous. most righteous episode, most excellent. <laughs> Rock on! So uh, today we're going to be kind of talking about um, how do I put this? I guess we're going to be talking about today. The church. The church. But but in specific, not just the church like randomly, but the church specifically focused on what what is the church doing that kind of causes it to shoot itself in the foot when it when it comes to its mission. And and I think we'd all acknowledge that the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Now I gave the Methodist like slogan version of that, but that is, I don't think the Presbyterians or the Lutherans or the Episcopalians or even the Southern Baptists would disagree disagree. with that message. With that great commission, the great commission. Now we should probably remind folks, if this is your first time tuning in, I am chaplain Sal. I'm Hmm. an ordained uh, minister of word and sacrament ordained to the Validated Ministry of Chaplaincy through the Presbytery of the Newton PCUSA. And I am um, scolded by my coffee. Hmm. I am <laughs> I am Todd, uh, and I am ordained as an elder in the Greater New Jersey Conference, serving a church in Greater New Jersey, which happens to be, as I said the last time, on higher ground than where Sal serves. Literally, physically. That's the only thing I let him be higher. <laughs> that's that's right. Um, so yeah, you you got to claim the higher ground when you're on it, isn't that true? So uh, today uh, we have a special guest, Sal, special and I think guest. it's most appropriate if you introduce the special guest. So with no further ado, it's my honor to welcome Jeff Finley, who is a social worker, uh, colleague of mine, uh, and one who I can sit and have. Very lengthy and good in-depth conversations on all things religion and theology and downright cool things. Awesome. So awesome. Say hi, Jeff. Hello. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for having me, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It is uh, great to have you here, and I think we're going to have a really awesome uh, conversation. Uh, but before we do, it is absolutely vital that we go to our Hebrews segment. So, Sal, remind them why we're calling it Hebrews. So, why? How do we know that God loves coffee? Because He brews it. <laughs> it's recorded in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> But I'm bumped. I couldn't think of a better name for it, and that 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 <laughs> god awful joke stuck in my mind. And I thought, I thought, why not call it Hebrews segment? So the day that we review beer, we'll use the same exact because yeah, you know what? He brews that too. <laughs> and tea. Uh, and tea. Yes. Um, he tea. He tea. <laughs> he tea phone home. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as you can see, Jeff is going to fit in just well with us today. Uh, but uh, the coffee, okay, we'll start off with the teetotaler over here. It's, it's, explain to us what you're drinking. 
I am drinking decaffeinated tea <laughs> with, um, it's supposed to be honey, but it's probably high fructose corn syrup, syrup yeah. with <laughs> honey flavor. You're, you're probably right. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's, it's uh, making quote signals. It's honey. It's honey. <laughs> That's right. I will feel my blood sugar elevate Abs- as the hours Absolutely. And just so you know, if you hear any like phone announcements, that is uh, we are right now recording at Sal's place and Jeff's place of uh, employment and uh, where Sal serves as a chaplain. And so occasionally they need to page people um, and we just ignore them because, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> or when you're on the people mover at Disney uh, and you're going past uh, Space Mountain or inside Space Mountain, it's like. Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm trying to be funny. Hey, Hebrews. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so you are drinking a most, a most unleaded tea. Right. Well, actually, my favorite type of tea is herbal tea. Herbal. What's your favorite herbal tea? Chamomile. Oh, okay. To, to kind of relax more. Yeah, down. it just tastes good. It's um, and then you put real honey in that. Yes, yeah. and uh, it's really good, so, and it relaxes you, and it's all natural, so, and there's no caffeine. So you're not stocked up on the uh, high fructose corn syrup honey. No, I got my sleepy time, <laughs> and uh, oh, sleepy time is great. My local honey. Yeah, yeah, lo- and go. local honey is key. Support the locals, folks. You gotta support local business. Not only that, but the the local honey actually introduces the local pollen into your body, which helps you f- uh, build an immunity to uh, sinus infections. Something I suffer from. So uh, while I may be vegan, I actually do eat honey for that reason. And and also uh, the honeybee farming has actually saved the honeybee from going extinct. You're so, right. um, so, you know, you got to draw a line somewhere. Honey uh, is where I draw my line. And maybe now White Castle fries because I had some yesterday. I, you know, ignorance, ignorance is bliss. So I assume I just pretended that it. they were not fried next to the chicken. You pretended they were zucchini sticks. <laughs> well, the, the fries are potatoes, but if yeah. they were if they're floating next to the dead chicken, that probably uh, the oil killed it. Yeah, that's, that's okay. right. That's right. It, oil transforms everything into a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Sal, what are you drinking? And and uh, so, uh, compliments of Todd. I am drinking a cup of Death Wish coffee. Mm. Uh, my heart is palpitating just looking at the coffee. Uh, I think I looked it up online. They claim that it has 720-something milligrams of caffeine per 12-ounce cup. And I am actually uncapping my coffee because I'll never drink it. This this was literally a $4, maybe even $2 special at Walmart. It's a, it's a coffee thermos type thing, uh, but it was like a no-name brand. Well, I guess it's got a name, Mossy Oak. Which I think is a Walmart. It's a Walmart brand. Uh, this thing literally works better than Thermos. I will put coffee in it, and it first off, it allows you to unclip it, so you can actually just very easily 
wash the parts. Um, but beyond that, this little plastic lid, which you think would, wouldn't think would do much, it locks in the heat like something I've never ever uh, felt before. Uh, kind of like my Yeti cup. Yeah, like Yeti it, cup. very much I like a Yeti. A free sample. Yeti <laughs> cup. <laughs> that's, that's right, um, mossy oak. I expect an endorsement, which will probably be about a cent. I fructose honey. I forget. Yeah, yeah. I don't want your endorsement. <laughs> no endorsement, right? <laughs> Monsanto, you may stay out of this. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but yeah. So uh, anyway, this coffee I am drinking black, and I did. I'll confess, I did. I couldn't wait, and I did try it yesterday. And I was explaining to Sal and to Jeff that I was going. They claim this to be the the strongest coffee in the world but man i think starbucks has a stronger taste than this i mean this is it's got a good flavor it's smooth it's it but it's not it doesn't got that burnt edge that starbucks has yeah it's kind of sour yeah that, that has that burnt taste that burnt taste to it unless you get veranda blonde roast then it's more like like this it's but but so i'm thinking you know like this isn't really the strongest coffee i've ever had in terms of taste and then all of a sudden as i'm texting sal this or maybe we were on the phone. I can't remember. But as we were talking, I could feel the blood vessels in my eyes dilating. And I said, oh, this is the strongest coffee I think I've ever had. <laughs> so so it, it did, in my book, live up to the, to the uh, slogan. Have I ever told you guys how I like my women? Like my Starbucks. Dark and bitter. But <laughs> um. <laughs> Yes, I think we. Uh, I think we. I think you told that exact one um, last, week. last week as we were drinking <laughs> in the coffee segment. Go figure. <laughs> um, and guess what, guys? What are you trying to tell us it is going to so, be the same deal next week and the week after. <laughs> and I said last week; it was actually last month. Okay, so moving on, um, we are now going to get into our most, most excellent, excellent metal, metal and or and music, music segment. segment. I say and or music is because Sal and I, and I don't know where Jeff is on this, but Sal and I love heavy metal, but that's not all we listen to. We listen to an eclectic, uh, wide-ranging, uh, wide-ranging styles of music. And so um, I do have a, uh, a metal uh, band and song to bring up to you. But in the meantime, I'm going to defer to Sal to see what he has to discuss with us today on this. Uh, my selection, my choice today is not metal. I debated if it should, but I realized I have been, I've had a, an album on loop pretty much for the last week. Uh, artist named Andrew Peterson. Hmm. Uh, he's a, a, a Christian artist, kind of, uh, best way to describe his music is kind of um, in vain of Rich Mullins, kind of folky, piano-driven music. Uh, and from my listening, he's very, very reformed in his worldview. At least that's what I kind of get out of his music. Um, but the the album that I've been listening to, he's um, he re- released uh, two albums actually, um, called Resurrection Letters. Uh, Resurrection Letters. Resurrection I like it. Letters. So Resurrection Letters Volume One is actually. Um, 
Well, every song, it's the theme of the resurrection. Uh, so the first song is His Heart Beats, mm. like when he first came back to life. And then Ooh. the second song is about Peter running to the tomb because he's risen. But the song that I've been listening to on repeat is from Resurrections, the Prologue, which is an EP extended play album we put out, and it's called Well Done, Good and Faithful. Mm. Um, and it's, um, uh, so I looked it up, and he, he says that he visited Gethsemane mm. before he released the album, and it just, he could not, he was brought to tears. Mm. And he reflected on, you know, Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. And then as he reflected on that, he remembered Ephesians 12, uh, that Christ took on the cross because of the joy that had been laid out before for him mm. to sit on the right hand of the Father. Gotcha. So, Ephesians has been coming up a lot lately, actually. Um, but... So, so he, Ephesians, Hebrews 12. Oh, sorry. Hebrews. But, but he, Hebrews. And there we are again, folks. Uh, as we have said, we have the mentality <coughs> of uh, teenagers, and <laughs> that's never going to change. Um, and we have the attention span of teenagers, maybe even the attention span of six-year-olds. I, I don't know. You be the judge. But I will say um, that one of the things that we uh, we what I'm getting here from what you were saying in, in terms of this music is that he was moved to tears and decided that he would move others to tears. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, my wife and I put it on on our way home from uh, church on Sunday, and we were both um, sobbing like little children. So um, Hebrews out of your eyes. It's like, yeah. But uh, one of the lines that, that gets me from the song is, Our Savior cried with David's grief. Mm. In groans I waste my breath. Thy hand has brought me down beneath the bitter dust of death. And then he gave my spirit up to trust in your hand. His dying flesh reposed in hope to rise at your command. Why, oh why, my God? For the joy set before him he endured and is seated on the right hand of the throne. Mm. Which is the Hebrews 12. The, yeah, awesome. Well awesome. done, good and faithful one. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I remember you were like, I think you were driving home or you had gotten home and you texted me saying, uh, listen to this when you get a chance. Um, and I did. And, and that's the uniqueness of Andrew Peterson's work is that it not only does it evoke the emotion that Jesus went through, it also, because everyone longs to hear God say, well done and good, well done, good and faithful. Of course. Servant. But you, know, you think about that, that night in Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to have been thinking that. Well, yeah, and and uh, of course we want to hear well done and you know good and faithful servant. But um, when my neck is on the line and it may cost me big time, uh, am I going to be that good and faithful servant, or am I going to buckle and cave in? Which uh, not to do a shameless plug, but that is exactly what I uh, uh, recorded last night on the Life-Giving Water podcast. By the way, check it out, lifegivingwatermsg.org. Um, Go check it out. And I gave a, sh a shameless shout-out to this as well on that. So, um, But as, as uh, Tim Keller says, none of us are good and faithful. No, none of us. None of us. It's certainly not uh, all the time, and, and some of us more so than others. <laughs> uh, we Some of us are faithful some of the time, some of us are faithful none of the time, but none of us are faithful all the time, uh, with the exception of one. Uh, and uh, so that is, definitely check that out. That sounds great. Um, 
Maybe we'll, uh, we'll link it into the comment or into the notes of the podcast. We absolutely <laughs> will. And uh, Jeff, I'd like to get you in on this. What are you listening to right now? I mean, not right in this moment. You're listening to us. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, as Reverend Sal knows, I've been listening to... I've been listening to um, Lord Huron. Lord Huron? Yeah. Like H-E-R-O-N? Like the lake. Yeah, yep. like like the lake. Yep. And uh, that's been my new music obsession lately. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Don't yeah. don't mind me. I'm writing notes like a little kid in the classroom. That's okay. Love As letters to sell. Take love letters. Um, so, just because um, I have no internet ac- access, and so my plan to look up lyrics have floated on by. But anyway, continue on. Lord Huron. Yeah, so um, he's actually uh, indie folk. Okay. So uh, that's my favorite type of music and metal. I do like metal. Mm. Uh, but I like yeah. folk music, too, because I like the stories it tells. Um, I don't think Lord Huron is Christian. Uh, he's... Um, the one album I like, uh, which is Strange Trails, is my. He only has three albums, but it's the second album. It's my favorite musically and lyrically mm-hmm. because he just tells. It's, it's like reading a book. Mm. It goes from each song goes like chapters into. They flow into each other, mm-hmm. and it tells the story of love, loss, um, ghosts. Ooh. Uh, every line or every song seems to have a something in it related to ghosts or something. Something haunting. And it's related to love, life. <laughs> um, very deep. So yeah. you really have to check out the lyrics. It's yeah. It's uh, and he gets he took the name from what I read is because he spent time on the lake and that's where he got his influence. Okay. To write his songs. Awesome. So so, so Lord. Huron. Yes. And the album that you've been listening to in Strange particular? Trails. Strange Trails. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, Lord Huron, Strange Trails. We'll put a link to that as well on our podcast. Uh, we, we tend to, just so you know, uh, so use our uh, mes- our uh, podcast notes uh, as a resource because we tend to uh, try to cite and link to the things that we talk about in the podcast if they're of worth. I mean, we're not going to put the Hebrews joke on there or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. That Not should, yet. That That's be, coming. That should be burned into your soul by now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so as for me, um, and I, I kind of wanted to reserve this last because I think this speaks for me anyway. As as we were preparing for this this topic today, I think it speaks um, to the times we're in. Uh, and, and metal tends to do that, actually, uh, it, the good metal anyway. There's that pop metal out there that's kind of like uh, – but but good metal tends to be rather rebellious. And so Christian metal is no different. And the band, my favorite – god, they have to be my favorite metal band probably ever, um, though that's hard to say when you've got bands like, you know, Slayer. No, <laughs> when you got bands like <laughs> – yeah. No, when you got bands like you know Metallica and Iron Maiden and some of those uh, classic ones, and why not? We'll throw Slayer in there too. Uh, yes, yes, folks, Slayer. Um, and and by the way, if you're thinking, oh my God, he listens to that satanic metal music, uh, the lead singer Slayer is Roman a Catholic. devout Roman Catholic. So there. Um, anyway, yeah, the whole like Satan thing is a joke. 
uh, a big joke that some people really fell for, <laughs> which I kind of find. I kind of it's totally heavy metal. <laughs> I think that was during the eighties what they called the yeah. Satanic Panic. The Satanic <laughs> Panic. Yes, it was the Satanic <clears throat> Panic. And the irony, actually, about Slayer um, is that it, he got it got the name and the theme of that from the seventies, like Satanic horror movies that just intrigued him. And he's like, oh, what if we had a band that was like themed on this and. Uh, <laughs> it was a joke, and uh, that joke has made millions of dollars. But anyway, um, they're, on their, they're on their farewell tour. They're on their farewell tour, which is kind of sad. But but it is hard to say. It is hard to say that de- you know, like a band could be better than those bands, and that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, Demon Hunter just speaks to my soul in a way that perhaps the other bands don't, at least in this time period. So they're they have to be my favorite metal band as of right now. But they have a song called "The World Is a Thorn," which is uh, on an album of the same name. Actually, "The World Is a Thorn," uh, and so I want to kind of just read these lyrics and and, um, and I will point again in the notes where to go but the 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 chorus goes like this won't bow to man won't bow to government won't trust a failed system of self-fulfilling lust won't love a world where my god is mocked I defy and the tendency when you read, especially that last line, the tendency you read into that, for me anyway, is kind of evangelical, like, um, you know, like, oh, you know, like people are, that we're being persecuted. God's not dead, you know, like, <laughs> um, we're, they moved, we're so persecuted in this country, they moved a statue of the Ten Commandments, <gasps> you know, and uh, not to be facetious, but come on, people, that's not persecution. You want persecution, go where, tattoo, I am a Christian on your forehead and walk uh, through, you know, uh, the, the latest ISIS holdout. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can talk about what persecuted is because uh, moving the Ten Commandments from a public square to something uh, somewhere else is not really persecution. It may upset you. You may not like it. You may feel it's not right. Uh, but you're still free to practice whatever religion you want, whether those are there or not. Your life is not in danger. Right. If you want to break out and recite all 12 commandments in the public square, you have the freedom to do that. They can remove the statue all day long. You can still recite it by heart. Uh, so be a living statue of the Ten Commandments in a public square. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my solution to that problem. Anyway, that I don't think is what, what Ryan Clark is writing about in the, these lyrics. I think what he's writing about is – this world claims, uh, especially in a country where we claim to be like what eighty percent or eighty some percent believe in God and are Christian, so to speak, uh, and yet, um, and yet, look at what's going on in our world. Look at look at what Christians are now condoning and what they have condoned in the past in the name of Christ. And and so I, I see – I read that into it. And I think in our time especially, won't bow to man, won't bow to government, won't bow to a fa- – won't, won't trust in a failed system of self-fulfilling lust. We love ourselves to death and we think we're right over and above everybody else, especially God. And so um, I, I, I hear that song and it's just like, oh my goodness – Oh, yeah, you know, like, and um, so I we, we'll post that on there as well. Um, I'm not sure if we ever got a response back. Uh, not that I noticed, but but would love to be able to 
play this for you on the podcast or yeah, uh, I think if you're listening to this, Ryan Clark or Phineas or Andrew Peterson, we'd we, love to have you on. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to talk about your music. We'd love to promote you. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep keep uh, just preaching the truth uh, through through the means that you do. And what I, one thing I love about them is if you look at uh, – uh, today, actually, ironically, today Demon Hunter is playing somewhere. I don't know if it's Montreal or somewhere they're playing. Um, and their lineup is Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie. <laughs> you know, like they're a Christian metal band playing among the likes of Marilyn Manson. That is what I love about them. They're they're real. They're legit. They're they're not afraid to be who they are, and they're not afraid to be around people who are different, which I think is all good qualities in a Christian. So, uh, there we go. Most excellent Theophilus. Uh, that is that is our metal and music uh, segment. So now we get to do the fun stuff, which is talk. Have a little talk with uh with our our friend Jeff Finley over here. And so, hello, Jeff. Hi, hello. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Um, Hi, Sal. To set this up, we Jeff, Jeff, I, I got to know Jeff through Sal uh, because they work in the same place. And Jeff um, is a social worker by trade, uh, among other things. And, and in getting to know Jeff, uh, he is somebody who does not go to church, um, does not uh, actively – profess you can correct me if I'm wrong but profess or or proclaim the Christian faith so to speak right. um, not that you're you're rabidly against anyone who does but you just don't right. and so we thought <coughs> boy you know we love as armchair theologians we love to sit around the table and just speculate why don't people come to church why aren't people a part of church why don't people believe in God yada yada so, and can you answer those questions? <laughs> yeah, all in please three seconds, us. please. I'll wait till you're finished. But, but, you know, it does make sense. Instead of speculating, why not talk to somebody who was at one point in time a part of the church who is no longer and uh, get a feel for your story and why? No judgment. You know, it's, it's – uh, but it, I think it's a good discussion to be had because you're not alone. I guarantee you you're not alone. And uh, so uh, – and, and the church knows you're not alone because that's why we're we're being armchair theologians talking about this uh, anymore. Almost seems like any conference we have, it's like oh, the declension in the church, oh, you know. And it's like, and then we go and shoot ourselves in the foot again. So, um, so Jeff, give us a little back. Give us a, first. I, I guess start off with your background as a Christian because you were brought up as a Christian, correct? Yes, um, multiple divisions of Christianity. I like to think of it because as a child I used to always say I was Catholic but in reality I was baptized Catholic but I really wasn't Catholic because all different family members pulled me into different churches uh, primarily Christian um, but it was uh, I got to see how different churches operated and you know, which I look back today and I like. I think it was a great learning experience. But as far as sticking to one type of Christianity, uh, n- no. I kind of actually pulled away from from all churches okay. because of, uh, let's see how I put this. Um, because I saw, like, internal battles between whose church is better than the other one, who... 
who um, teaches the right message, who's leaving out the message. Mm -hmm. So as a child, it's very confusing. And uh, I figured the best way is to pull away and not follow any type of religion, mm -hmm. um, but just more believe in God. So, so you would not classify yourself as an atheist or an agnostic. No. Um, and you would not necessarily say that you don't have a respect for or even a belief to some degree in, in Jesus or in God. Your issue is more or less, more or less, if I'm correct, the mechanics of the church itself. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the old saying by Gandhi. I like your Jesus character. It's his followers I can't stand. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, very bad experiences with um, people judging people, observing that. Um, all the things that I believed and how I was raised of how Jesus would be when I actually went to Bible, Bible school, Bible class. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say school. but um, And the Jesus I was told about and believed in, accepted everybody and loved everybody and... When you went to these different churches, you saw people judging each other and condemning each other and condemning other churches. And um, and I thought to myself, you know, it's very um, you know ironic that this is being brought up, mm -hmm. and it's yet these people live dual lives, and they don't actually live. You know, they go to church one way and they present themselves another way, but they, they judge their fellow man. And which it, we're human. We, we do that. We do. Yeah. But it's, it's not just a church thing, but the church is not immune to it. Right. Right. <laughs> at all. So and I, yeah. I sat back one day and I said, this Christian thing, if it's so good and so popular and there's one God and one son of God, why is there so many divisions? Hmm. In that belief. Why so, are there so many denominations? That's Yeah, yeah I yeah. never say that right. Well, division, it, they are but, divisions, and they, yeah. they were break-offs, so, yeah. So, and that's what always uh, fascinated me, but it also perplexed me enough that I just pulled away and said, I don't want to deal with that. Mm. And uh, it's, to me, life has been a little easier. Um, but it was the condemning. It was if I went to a Methodist church, the Catholic Church found out about it because it was <laughs> they were all in close proximity to each other. Right. And they and I went to a Catholic school and they would say, "Oh, you went with your grandmother to the Methodist Church, so you really shouldn't come to church today. Well, you should skip communion until you say ten Hail Marys to forgive you." And I'm thinking to myself, as a child, that I'm more intelligent than these people <laughs> of God because. You should be happy that I am in any church of God Amen. or church of the yeah. Lord, and yet you're judging me because I went to a different building. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So I started to think to myself, I'm not putting much faith in these people. And what building are you going to now? If any. No building. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I want <laughs> you guys to get this straight, okay? We tell the people that they are welcome. Then and that they are welcome as they are because God accepts us as we are. This is the message the Church Universal puts out. Then people show up, and we tell them, "Well, 
most people are welcome as they are, just not you. You need to change and be X, Y, and Z because we don't like what you're doing or what you're thinking or the way you're looking. And so we tell them to change and we do it often in non-graceful and most judgmental ways. And usually it's one of the first things we do and the first things they see. Most often the first first line of attack when that happens is, oh, well, you're in my pew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I uh, hate to tell you, Church Universal, uh, we don't assign pews. No. We uh, we stopped that tradition 200 years ago. Yes. Uh, and if you're looking for status, don't come to church, please. That's not, I, I love the people that like are, are ladder climbers, you know, it's like, oh, well, I am the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, that's good. I still don't hear Lord before your title. <laughs> And I don't think we ever will. No. Um, not Lord Huron. <laughs> certainly not unless – certainly not Lord Huron. Um, so, you know, uh, so we, we do that. We send out the message that you're welcome and then when people come, you're welcome if you look and act and talk and think like us and don't sit in my pew. Then we tell people that we would rather you be in this church than that church or we would rather you do this than that. And the end result is, Jeff, what church do you attend? None. None. So mission failed. Mission failed. He's not only not attending the Catholic church that wanted him so desperately to repent of his sins and come back. Uh, he's not attending any church because this is not just a Catholic problem. This is a human problem, and humans fill fill the church. Anything? But, yep, go ahead. But our respected denominations got it right. Like we finally got it right, though, right? Oh, of course, we've absolutely got it right. The Methodists so, finally yeah. got it right. The, the Methodists are are, are right. so well. As you know, the Methodists are all about grace, and so uh, our grace. You know, um, our grace comes before people come to church. Our grace uh, fills them when they come to church, and our grace uh, pushes them right out the door after they leave. <laughs> no, I, I'm only kidding. I'm playing on the the oh. three the for three the, modes of grace, so to speak. The, the three for the grace. Presbyterians, our grace is irresistible. <laughs> yes, but but un- but unfortunately, it's limited. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, you know, again, but it perseveres. Uh, but it perseveres. That's right. So, um, but, you know, again, we're coming from, uh, Sal's coming from a Presbyterian Calvinist perspective. I'm coming from a Methodist Wesleyan perspective. It's a very human thing. We come from our own perspectives. Yeah, we come from our own perspectives. But the reality is that the, that the way the church works within the church, you know, honestly, today, most Presbyterians don't know the difference between a Presbyterian and a Methodist. And most Methodists don't know the difference between a Methodist and a Presbyterian. Uh, if you look at the nuts and bolts of, bolts of worship, yeah. um, there's really no difference. And I think this new generation coming along is not going to care what the difference between Mm-mm. the Methodists and the Presbyterian and Episcopalians. And Catholics. And anything is yeah. because in their eyes... Um, there's too many rules. There's nothing that is welcoming to them for them to go, uh, in my opinion. It, there's nothing that is um, enticing them unless they're brought up in that type of... I mean, and look at me. I mean, I was brought up in it, but I was condemned for being in different buildings. And I'm, I'm, a, and I'm sure there's other people that have been through that. Yeah, um, myself included. Yeah, and it's um, and you stray away from it because it's just it's actually the people that scare you away. 
Um, it's not. It's not God. <laughs> it's not God or Jesus. So, but you know, and there's some right. people that will run away from God too, and that I never did, mm-hmm. because, you know, I I I kind of always picture. I think we talked about this last time. You know, Jesus and God or whatever, l- laughing mm-hmm. at all. Well, well, this is going. Oh on. yeah, it's like a mockery. The, the face palm, like. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I cannot believe this, and. Um, I gave you one thing to do, one task. Yep. Face <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. palm. Yes. Um, so I just always felt it's safer, easier, more peaceful, less threatening to just be a solo yeah. um, person as far as um, dealing with God than, um, than dealing with a room full of people. Okay. Yeah. I, and that makes sense. Um, I'm going to, not in this moment, I'll push back slightly gently gently uh, not with the push of uh the death wish which i am feeling right now how are you feeling by the way on the death wish it's it's there yeah it's totally there like the eyes are like your eyes are glitched i'm up. starting to sweat yeah <laughs> so, into um, a i won't push i won't push like that but 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 there is a, a point I want to make on the flip side of this, I guess, is more what I want to do is bring the flip side. But, um, but with that said, it is important for us as, as the church to recognize that, A, we're human. Uh, yes, collectively together we are the body of Christ, but we're still human. And, um, and it's important for us to realize that because um, – that means we're prone to making mistakes. Uh, and I, I think if we were a little more transparent about that and a little more honest about that and open to it uh, pe- in a way that people saw, um, I think that that would – people don't mind mistakes so long as they recognize that, that the ones that are making the mistakes are learning from them. I think you see that in society all the time. Someone makes a mistake. They, they pay – they pay their penance one way or the other, and eventually they're 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 forgiven by society. I mean, you see that with celebrities. You see right. that with a lot of different people. Right. I think people want to forgive for the most part, but when we are telling people that we're right, you're wrong, and anything you say about us is coming from Satan, <laughs> right? Um, that that is a conversation ender right before you get the word Satan out. You don't even have to get the word Satan out. That is a conversation ender. And um, and so uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that, uh, that we are not immune from sin. We are, we are the church because we recognize, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the secret with you, but we are sinners. Did you hear that? Yes. Jeff heard it. We are sinners. And uh, we in the church are sinners. We are in the church because we recognize that we cannot do this thing called love and this thing called life without God. And God has forgiven us of our sins and is perfecting us in God's love, which means if we are perfecting, it's an ongoing process. That means we're not perfect yet, <laughs> right? And, and never will be until that day that God uh, completes God's work in us and we join God uh, in in the world that is to come on earth as it is in heaven. So so this idea that I'm perfect now as is and, and the church my church is perfect as is is completely counter to the Christian message. No, it's not. 
and God is continually working through the Holy Spirit in the church. But we have to be open to that. Otherwise, what we end up doing is pushing people like Jeff, and Jeff is an awesome guy. That's why we asked him to come on to this. And, and not only is he an awesome guy, but he is a good sport uh, coming onto this podcast and dealing with us, us schmucks. And I can say that I can say that about Sal because he ran out to talk to his wife. Um, he'll he'll get to listen to this later. Uh, but again, Allison, you rock. We're just picking on Sal. And uh, please feel free to join in uh, when you hear this. Uh, pick on him. It is not only uh, your job as a wife, but it is your most holy and sacred duty to pick on Sal. Anyway, hi, Sal. Welcome back. Say hello. You're on a podcast. I can't you click. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I'm sure she'll be laughing at that later. Let's hope. Or wanting to smack me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so... The, the flip side to that, though, is one of the beautiful things about the church uh, is, is that it is full of people. And ideally speaking, the church is set up because God did not create us to be islands. God created us to work together in unity, partly what my sermon, Steel Thunder, but it doesn't matter, is going to be on Sunday. Um, we are... We are called to be a community of people that that mirrors the divine community. Um, again, imperfectly, but but what what the beautiful thing about being a part of the church is, aside from all of the not so beautiful things, um, is that it, you are walking alongside other people who are on this thing called life together. <laughs> And who are struggling with sin together. Um, and I don't know, Todd, you may have said this while I was outside on the phone, that, but I love to quote when Wesley, John Wesley says that the, the Bible talks not of a solitary religion. Um, yes. It's not a story of one person trying to figure it out by themselves. It's all of us, the saints, together in community. And I was going to ask you, Jeff, and you may have already answered this, so if you did, just ignore it. But like, before you ask, I just want to mark this for the record. The Calvinist quoted the Wesley, Co- quoted the the Wesley, the John Wesley. Um, and I'm an islander. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cold not an islander. Now. Yeah, uh, hopefully the Presbyterian leader won't take my ordination away now that she's heard that I've I'm, I've actually quoted John Wesley in my Reformed sermons. So, hmm. but my question was, where do you find community? Hmm. Good question. As far as a Christian community, no. Nope. Where do you where do you go to connect with people? <laughs> I know, I know, I kind of know his answer because we've had discussions on this. But um, well, I have friends that are um, very open minded. Uh, actually, some of them are atheists, some are Christian, and some are. Um, you can say it. Wiccan. There you go. <laughs> or, well, I, I don't even know if they characterize themselves as Wiccans because they go through the same thing as Christians do. It's like, well, I'm not really a Wiccan, but I'm a witch. Right. But I do this, and I don't go to a coven. I'm more of a solo practitioner. But the reason why, uh, and that's, you know, and it's not that I, I, I was out seeking these types of people. Well, they actually kind of found me. 
But I think, in a way, these types of people always feel like they were always kind of outcasts from people anyway. Because mm-hmm. um, nobody likes to quote atheists because they don't believe in anything. Um, and nobody likes the witches or the Wiccans because uh, they're devil worshippers and all these <laughs> things that you're taught that aren't are not true because um, witches don't actually believe in the devil. Um, right. It's hard to worship that which you do not believe. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. So, but what I like about them is that they are non-judgmental. So they welcome everybody into, as my one friend calls it, is her um, tribe. Mm-hmm. She goes, when we all sit around the lake and light a fire, we have the Jewish couple that comes. Mm-hmm. We have the Christians that come. We have the atheists that come. We have the Wiccans that come. And we have the non-religious that come. And yet we all eat, break bread, hmm. sit around a fire, laugh, tell stories, break out the guitar, sing songs, including heavy metal. Yes. <clears throat> which they love. <laughs> Um, and as, as well as folk and, and uh, even um, my friend who's a witch, she does a great rendition of Amazing Grace on guitar. Mm. Probably better than I've ever heard before. It was just amazing. Mm. Um, and that's someone who's a non-Christian. Sure. So it's, it's, it's um, non-judgmental and everybody feels like they can be themselves. And to me, that is the best type of community okay. to be a part of. Yeah. Um, because you all come from different beliefs and different ideas, but yet no one sits there and points their fingers judging each other. And that's also, you know, because I'm a social worker, I'm very open-minded, and, you know, I don't believe in judging people or condemning people. So, um, but that's that's where I find peace, to answer your question, Reverend Sal. And it does does answer the question, and uh, the point of this being is that... It's not that Jeff was looking for a community of a bunch of eclectic different people that are getting together to break bread and sing songs. It's that these are people he built relationships with, came to trust. To him, he came to trust them not because one was Wiccan or one was Buddhist or one was Jewish or one was atheist, but because he built a relationship with them, built trust with them, and came to love them as people. Uh, And their religion doesn't matter to you right in the sense that i mean it matters to you in the sense that they find peace and happiness in it but it doesn't matter to you that one is one and the other is the other like to each of their own uh i love you for you that is exactly how the church ought to be and to be fair because we're kind of built bullying up on the church here a little bit to be fair the church is that way in its best in its best but in its worst, it is uh, not that way. And one of the examples uh, to show that it's not just Christians, it's a human thing, but we need to be open to it. Uh, I used to be Wiccan, um, which I've, I've shared, I think, before, at least if not on this podcast, on the other one. I used to be Wiccan um, for eight or so years of my life. Had a similar experience in terms of judging and things like that, that I was I – was, least perceiving, but I think in in many cases was not just perceiving, it was the reality. And I left the church. I never left God or Christ per se, but I I left the church and then began to discover God in different ways. And so Wicca was one of those ways. In my path, I found 
in my time as a Wiccan, I found some people who were very open-minded, like your friend that you're talking about, who you could sit down. It didn't matter what you were. You could sit down and talk, and we're all, we're all in this together kind of people. And then there were other people who their way of being Wiccan was the right way of being Wiccan. And anybody who practices outside of that little box is not Wiccan but is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, I, and I think what we're dealing with here is the reality that human beings, and this is original sin, we'll let, we'll let the Calvinists get into original sin over here, but this is original sin in that, in that we as human beings think we know it all. We desire to know it all. And, and we desire to judge what we know to be good and judge that which we do not know or believe to be bad. And anything outside of what I de- de- you know, deem as good uh, falls into that bad category, and then there are gradations of how bad it is. We, uh, <clears throat> we, we seek to show off our righteousness when, in reality, not our righteous but God. Amen. Um, but so. I have to say, and I don't mean to cut you off, Reverend Sal, that <clears throat> although I'm out there in the trenches of all the different religions, beliefs, everything, non-believers, um, here I am, today with two good people I consider my friends who are both Christian and yet I feel very at peace with them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can tell and Reverend Sal knows we have had many conversations where I'm very open with him mm-hmm. and same thing with you Todd. Yep. Uh, so it goes to show that if you can put that aside, which is hard, it's hard as because we're humans and I think it also comes down to the fact that we are human. Mm-hmm. like. Like you said about the one Wiccan, like, oh, Wiccans, you know, there are people that if you don't follow that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they'll go, go against you. So that's why I think I kind of went solo for a while because you needed to I couldn't it. judge myself really mm-hmm. or, you know. You were soul searching. You didn't know where yeah. you fit into all of this. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, and that's when you cling to people that are basically doing the same thing or who are just very open-minded people and don't really care. And that's the I think that's come up a lot in this conversation is relationships. Relationships, yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think something that we all three of us have in common is that we have stepped away from the church at various points in our life. Uh, For me, it was during my divorce because I was afraid of that judgment and that Mm. shame that I would have received because of certain people within the church, because of their perceived relationship with me or relationship with those who I no longer had a relationship with would, in their own righteousness, judge me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it was in community with my Jewish and Muslim and (laughs) atheist colleagues at the hospital doing my CPE training that I said, well, no, that's, that's not for them to judge. That's for me to deal with with God. And I went back to my home church of all places and reconnected to relationships. Yeah, and and I'm glad that I'm glad that Jeff said what he said because I was actually going to bring it up as a point but you beat me to it. So rock on. The fact that is, here pre- we that are. was preordained. It was preordained. So that was my wicked mind reading going on. <laughs> See, it was preordained. I say it was by the grace of God and you were mind reading. Mind reading. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Um but but in reality, we are in community right now. Uh, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Um, 
we are gathered right now in community doing the very thing that you believe and I believe and Sal believe is the best of what religion has to offer, is the best of what it means to be human. Um, and that doesn't mean that I or Sal or even Jeff don't sometimes fall into the not-so-best part of being human category. And I know I, I do. I'll speak for myself. Um, but but the reality is, is that we as the church need to be open. One of the things that I, I would one of the things that I would say um, about this is that um, it's not that I, and, and I want to be clear about this. No matter who we bring on to the to the to the show does not mean that we see eye to eye on everything. Like Sal, you have your theological perspectives. You have your your place that you're coming from in Christianity. I have my theological perspectives and my place that I'm coming in from for Christianity. The two of us are devoutly Christian. We profess Jesus Christ as Lord. We profess that we believe in the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, so that is who we are and where we're coming from. But that doesn't mean that God has called us to only talk to people who profess exactly the same things we believe. And, and, and think about it. Look at John 4. Jesus was having the, a conversation with a Samaritan woman. You want to know what a Samaritan woman was doing, uh, who the Samaritans were? Uh, read my devotion coming out tomorrow because that tells you the story of how the Samaritans and the Jews ended up not getting along together. But needless to say, one would spit in the one's eye and the other would punch them in the nose. I mean, they hated each other. Like Jews would actually walk the long way around Samaria to get up to Galilee and risk being robbed by bandits in order to do it because they hated the Samaritans that bad. And the Samaritans were equal uh, opportunity <clears throat> haters. Uh, that is the That's how that story of the Good Samaritan that Jesus tells operates. The the Jew is traveling the long way around and gets beaten up and left for dead by bandits. And other Jews pass by and completely ignore him because they don't want to defile themselves or they're in a hurry and they got to get to where they're going. So who, lo and behold, stops? The most despised the person most, they could think of. The most despised person. The person that the, the traveler was walking the long way around in the wilderness to avoid, to avoid is the one that stops to help him and saves his life. Um, so, so this is something that Jesus calls us to do, to be in conversation with one another and to do so non-judgmentally. I can talk to Jeff about what he believes without judging him, and he can talk to me about what I believe without judging me, and we learn from each other if nothing else. Exactly. Um, and, and, and I also believe that God is at work. This is my Wesleyan theology coming in, by the way. God's prevenient grace cannot be avoided, cannot be resisted. If there's anything that's irresistible, it's the fact that God has covered all of creation with grace. And that, that grace leads us to God. It leads us into relationship with each other and with God and brings us into a deep, deeper relationship with God um, where we find ju justification. So that grace, that grace exists for atheists. That grace exists for uh, Wiccans. That grace exists for Presbyterians. God help us. That <laughs> That, that grace re exists for all creation, and God works through all things. Um, and so I know in my own personal journey that my journey as a Wiccan led me here as a Christian pastor.
not by my own doing, but because God's grace was guiding me. So for us to look at somebody and say, nope, God's not there, God's not working, and you need to shut up and get out of the church or do things our way and repent from, from your sins, that kind of judgmental ab- attitude is actually limiting. It's us putting a box around God and saying God can't work there. Rather, we, we could sit across from somebody who thinks differently than us have a conversation with them, tell them what we think, plant those little seeds, and they plant their little seeds, and we see which one God waters and grows, right? And that's, and that sort of thing is a learning opportunity for both parties, and it respects the dignity and humanity of the other person as well as your own. It respects your beliefs as well as theirs. Just because you respect something doesn't mean you subscribe to it, but you respect it. You understand it. You're exactly. not judging it. Exactly. And, and Calvin would agree in says that all all humans are divine creations in relation to <coughs> being human and that should guide everything we do and um, it's not within our as in reformed thinking and Christian thinking it's not within our purview or our job description to do the judging or the uh, condemning because that's that's not our job that's amen. God's job amen so uh, I think we can wrap it up here. Does we that? Can wrap. I, I, I'll just I'll just <coughs> add to what Todd said, and, I, and it, just from a, a logical and a uh, not logical, but day to day thing, we can't see eye to eye because well, you're taller than me, <laughs> and Jeff is taller than me. But so Hebrews. Hebrews. <laughs> I think um, Hebrews is just going to be like the common like word response to any any joke that E-T. any of us may tell. E-T. And if you think if you think that uh, that Sal's on a roll, wait till I get on a roll because uh, I'm <laughs> Sal. That's what, there's a reason we hang together. Um, I will say uh, that I did say that my my music would tie into what we were talking today, and I think uh, the conversation took a little bit of a different turn. You know what I think it was is I. I simultaneously recording two different podcasts and the podcast that I was recording um, yesterday was about how the how we need to first as Christians we need to first and foremost follow Christ and so when people say well Donald Trump did blah 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 or well the government says you ought to do this so even though the Bible says this we live in today's time and need to follow the laws uh, yes, overall, we should follow the laws. That makes us good people. Most of those laws exist for the good. But when when JC says to do something, JC takes precedence, in, in your case, Jeff, to be uh, balanced. When your conscience dictates you should not do something because you believe it is wrong, you follow your conscience. You don't follow what is wrong. And uh, so – so that is where I think the the song came in for me as relating because we're in a world that tells us we ought to follow X, Y, and Z. And Jesus said, nope, you're to follow the cross. You're to follow me. You're to do what I taught, what I instructed, and you're to be loyal and faithful to me. And to tie this in full circle and conclude, that includes being in dialogue with others no matter how different they are, showing them our love, show, showing them God's love through our willingness to dialogue and learn from them and be human with them rather than diminishing their humanity. How's that sound? Well said. <laughs> well said. Um, and 
as JC would say, this is the other JC, not the uh, <laughs> Calvin would say that um, all of our blessings are divine deposits uh, given to us for good keeping. And I think that comes back to every person is a divine blessing mm -hmm. uh, entrusted to our care. Yes. So, and um, and Eman, em, Eman, Emmanuel Kant um, I'm a philosopher also. That's, well, a, that's my he, side he, job. He's been around Kant. <laughs> uh, he, he, um, but Immanuel Kant had the categorical imperative that said n no human being, in essence, no human being should be ever treated or viewed or looked at as, the, as a means to an end. Each human being is an end unto themselves. And what that really means is we often say, well, yeah, we know that that's going to trample over some people, but the end justifies the means. No, not in God's eyes, not in Immanuel Kant's eyes, and certainly not in, in God's eyes. Uh, people are the ends unto themselves. That's why God created us. That's why we have a special place in God's kingdom uh, because because we are loved by God each uniquely and individually but wholly. And for us to diminish somebody else's humanity to build up our own is uh, not just sinful, it's evil. Just flat out evil. So uh, with that, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this perhaps uh, is our shortest episode yet, but not by a lot. Uh, so, so we like to talk. Um, but uh, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, and uh, what can I say but rock on. Rock on. Rock on. Rock on. Because uh, <laughs> I had to say it again, you know. But uh, We hope you enjoyed the, uh, this episode of the rock, uh, Party on Johncast. Uh, give us your feedback. Give us uh, some suggestions if you have some ideas. And, you know, let us know how you enjoyed our conversation with Jeff. And uh, we're more than happy to invite him back on in the future. Absolutely. And I think there's still maybe some time left for that poll. If you follow us on our Twitter account, Party on J, at Party on J, uh, which is the Party on John cast, where we are doing a week-long poll of uh, some options of what we want to talk about uh, in terms of Calvinism and Wesleyanism. Wesleyanism, yeah. Too many isms. That was pre that was preordained. That was preordained that I yeah. got tongue tied. <laughs> um, Love it. So um, it was preordained that currently the leading topic is predestination yes oh, no. um, not predestination um, total, total depravity, depravity. I, I think that'll be a fun topic uh, <laughs> for sure why not just jump into total depravity it's a cheerful topic um, and uh, predestination will be a lot of fun as well so we're looking forward to uh, doing these things and uh, I don't know that we're going to do them uh, in any particular order uh, certainly the one that gets the highest vote will be the first one we broach um, we may throw th other things in there in between if something comes up that we want to talk about. But over time, we will be discussing these these topics and uh, putting up more polls for you to, to interact. But we love interaction. So please, 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 please interact with us. Do I need to add another please? Please. Thank you. Rock on. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. You're welcome, Jeff. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again sometime. We would we would love it if uh, if it works out for you and for us. I would and, love it. Yep, I awesome. Love it. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And in the meantime, party on, most excellent Theophilus. Excellent. excellent.